0: Welcome everyone to the Snap Fitness Maitland podcast. I hope you're having a great day. I am Cameron Russell, the owner of Snap Fitness Maitland. On today's podcast, episode number 16, we chat with Luke Cunningham from Cunningham Massage Therapy. So we talk about being preactive or proactive versus reactive in regards to looking after your body. Uh, We talk about what it's like during COVID and being a, a dad at home with a young family and have to, you know, teach the kids schooling and spending times tips and tricks around being you know present with the kids at home and actually really really enjoying the time that the isolation brings on if you like and enjoy this episode podcast please share it with your friends take a screenshot hit us up on facebook or instagram if you rate it and review it that would be greatly appreciated let's dive right in Three, two, one, we're live. Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, mate. And uh, we have Ado on the phone too. Ew. Hey, guys. So, you? Luke, just want to ask the, uh, the the hard question, mate, straight up front. Um, obviously, you've got two brothers, Adrian, who's been at the gym for a long time, and then you've also got yep. Mark. So, yep. I just want to know, because I, I did speak to your wife, you do have a favorite brother. Which one's that?
1: Oh, I'm not going to lie, it'd have to be Mark. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just going off the annoying factor. He sort of knows when to keep his mouth shut, whereas Adrian just can't keep his shut. So, no, nah, they're, they're both all right. They yeah. go all right.
0: Nice, nice. Mates, uh, we obviously met seven years ago, seven and a half years ago. Um, yep. Obviously, you were doing your own thing. You're a uh, qualified PE teacher by trade. Yep. Also a... Um, Concrete waterproofer. waterproofer. That's it. And then uh, for the last what four, or five years you've been uh, five years, five years. Yep. Nice. Congratulations on that, mate. It's a big effort in uh, in business, running your own small business, and you've got Cunningham Muscle Therapy. Correct. Yep. So obviously, obviously having a PE background, you obviously involve sport and fitness. You play played rugby most of your life. Would you say?
1: Yeah. yeah, Since uh, early teenage years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then um, you've progressed into sports massage what was the big dive from changing a career from you know obviously PE teaching and then waterproofing to doing your own business because obviously one it's a massive risk uh and two you know chasing something you really want to do
1: um the biggest thing for me the biggest factor for me was how hard it was of a morning to get up and drag myself and find that motivation to go to work in in the old job um once it got to that point where I sort of dreaded that Sunday night time where you're sort of preparing for the week, that was a bit of a a, uh, a sign for me that I needed to do something else. And um, yeah, when I was at school, I wanted to be a physio, um, but due to a, uh, a lack of marks, I wasn't able to gain access to that that course. So I went down a different avenue and. Uh, sort of went the long way I suppose and then uh, yeah through spending plenty of time getting different injuries related to rugby and whatever else treated I developed a a keen interest in the body and the recovery process and yeah just one day talking to the the massage guy that I go to it sort of planted the seed and my original plan was just to do it as a, a bit of a side hobby mornings and afternoons and bring a bit of extra cash in and over the course of a few months once I opened my doors, it it sort of snowballed a little bit and got to the point where I had to make that decision whether to keep it as a side hobby and can you know knock people back for appointments, or whether I uh, bit the bullet and made it made a go of it, which I did, and and something that I'm uh, extremely happy that I I decided to do.
0: And that was five years ago.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, opened my my business opened May 2015, so I've probably been, uh, been qualified a little bit longer than that, so.
2: Yeah, Ado here, by the way, um, guys listening in. So I know, obviously, Cam, business owner, I've gone into business by myself, you've gone into business by yourself now for five years, um, before that you worked for someone, so you are pretty happy just turning up and getting it done. Now, I know there's probably a lot of people out there today who have dreaded times on a Sunday night. They have dreaded times on a Monday morning when they wake up. How long before you made that decision to jump into business by yourself and take the risk that probably 10%, 15% of people out there are willing to take, how long did it take for you to just go, nah, fuck it, I'm going to do it?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was probably quite quite a number of months. As I said, to begin with, the idea behind it was just another – another pastime another hobby to to do and and bring in a little bit of cash there was no plan at that time to to make a, an actual business from it um but through through this this process of study which was you know f- close just under 18 months um and the interest grew in that field of work uh, as the interest grew in that the interest in my old job started to decrease and then uh yeah, so it was probably from the time I started to when I said, no, nah, I'm going to make a go of it, it was probably 12 months, I reckon. Um, but as soon as that idea um, started to manufacture, it didn't take long for me to make it make it happen. Once I, I'm sort of a, a person that once I do get that kind of an idea, um, it, uh, I sort of try and put it in place, so.
0: It's funny, look, because I can yeah. resonate fully with that because I had a good, a good friend in Sydney who was working in the, in the corporate world and every Sunday night, you know, she was in her mid-30s and every Sunday night, she used to cry herself to sleep because she didn't want to go and face the corporate world, actually hated the environment she was working in, hated her job she was working in, but she did that for three, four, five months because, yep. you know, there was, she couldn't see any way out, but, you know, obviously, the job was a great job, But, you know, she had to leave that to then go and and, and work in hospitality, you know, in a cafe because, but she was so much happier, you know, taking probably a 50 to to 70% pay cut doing casual hours in a cafe and then, you know, doing that. Yep. Uh, You know, and and I resonate to you, you know, I, when I was kind of coming through, I I wanted to do physio, Uh, you know, it was a real interest of mine because it was kind of that elite end. Uh, then yep. I looked at the marks and I know they had to be like 92 93 94 and I was always a solid you know 58 59 you know 60 kind of academic marks so made we're definitely we're definitely on the same page there so I'm glad we found something you actually want to do without having to have the academic brains that do require and um, that's it
1: and sorry to interrupt and I talk to to clients and just general public quite regularly about you know the the emphasis that's placed on high school kids these days to achieve these particular marks to get in their courses, and that's not the be-all and end-all. There, you know, fair enough. You might have to take a, you know, the long way around, but you know, eventually, if you if you want to achieve something like that, whether it be career-based, there are other means to to achieving that. Um, it's not just a black and white. Yep, you need this mark to get this you know, you can, you can go the long way to, and still achieve the same thing, which for me, I probably appreciated a little bit more that I have gone the long way to get it, um, although remedial therapy is, is different to physio. It's um, it's still working with the, the human body and, um, yeah, it's – I think it's uh, – yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, important to – I think the people who take the long road actually – You know, enjoy the rewards of that longer. Like, so for example, someone comes in, they they want to lose, you know, five kilos. They do that in five weeks, versus someone who comes in and loses five kilos over six months. They really embrace that. They really feel better about themselves because they've been down that journey. It's not a quick fix. You know, the long way is probably the better way. Yeah. Um, You know, when we're looking at things like this, and obviously you see all sorts of different people uh, from, you know teenagers through to, you know, seniors, I'd say. Um, what's the common thing that really kind of comes in when you when people come into the practice, how do they see massage? What are they doing it for and what's the benefit that they get out of that? Because obviously, massage is, I automatically think, you know, it's great, it feels good. But what are the other kind of things that people come in for?
1: Um, so there's, there's heaps of reasons why people come in. Uh, so one is... And the the main one is probably for people to, to relieve their pain. Um, another one is for performance, whether it be, you know, just general day-to-day training by themselves in the gym or if they're a runner. Um, and then their weekend sport, you know, keeping keeping them on track to, to be feeling their best so when they go in on a sad day or whatever day they play their chosen sport, they've given themselves every chance possible to perform at 100%. Um, the, another b- big one is, and a lot of my clients maintain regular appointments, and that is to help aid their recovery through training um, as well as give themselves, as I said a minute ago, every chance to be ready to play on that weekend. As you start to get to that halfway point of a season those niggling injuries the soreness all starts to kick in and it's harder to to get rid of through your own maintenance based stuff at home Um, so something similar oh sorry something like massage uh, and the needling that i use can help speed that recovery process up
2: yeah on that too because i think it's a super important point like i know i have a chat with a lot of my clients these days on weighing up the effectiveness of a good training session but then the importance of recovery, covering that. And I think that's where I think massage and dry needling and deep tissue release and um, trigger point therapy is so important that – People focus so much on a curative approach in massage, whereas they need to understand, and I know you've probably had a lot of conversation with a lot of people with this, is it should be used as a preventative measure. So if you are training regularly, if you are pushing your body's limits, if you are applying that stimulus on your muscles so that they're breaking down and they need that chance to recover, massage is just another form of recovery. It's a tool that you can utilize if someone comes to me and they've only been doing some form of movement for a year or two, their knowledge based on what's actually going on in their body with pain versus discomfort could be just usual muscle tightness or delayed onset muscle soreness. And by getting some professional um, therapy from yourself is a way that they can just access more knowledge without having to just think that they've hurt themselves. So I think on that, you know, how many people would you say of your clients actually utilize massage or your skills as a preventative measure versus a cure for their recovery process?
1: Uh, I would probably say that 50% of my weekly appointments are my regular clients that maintain a weekly, fortnightly, monthly, appointment and those people will book appointment to appointment but then you get other people that have um, uncertainty in their jobs so they might be shift workers or they might have casual employment that can't book that three or four weeks in advance but they'll ring you the week leading up to what they when they need to get in and it still works out that they're coming regularly it's just that they can't book it in so yeah I would say probably 50% of my week would be clients that understand the benefit of regular maintenance work. And, and that's sort of, a, for me, that's uh, – how would you describe it? That's one of the the issues that you can face is explaining and getting clients to understand the importance of maintaining regular things like massage, chiropractic work, those natural therapies and the benefits of them without trying to sound like you're drumming up business for yourself. Um, yeah. But as soon as you start to, to get someone into – that mold of where they do come for a regular appointment and they see the benefits of it from both the health point of view as well as their performance point of view if they're in the sport, um, it doesn't take long for them to to be, you know, get in that routine and that becomes and part the of it yep. yeah, and see the benefits of it. It's yeah, a,
0: 100%. It's a funny thing. I think uh, the Australian society is very reactive. Yeah. Um, whereas you look at kind of the, the Asian uh, market, they're very preventative. Yeah. So, you know, preventative measures, you know, those regulars booking in, you know, 50% of your business is like that, which is great because obviously you're showing education through your sessions to do that yeah. because they're coming in. And then so much of our society is reactive. You know, you look yeah. at look at what's going on right now, right? The government, you know, in regards to the the COVID-19 crisis, it's all very reactive. They've seen it around the world. They've seen what's happening. They've seen what's coming, but we're just slow to react yep. um, in regards to that. So I think it's a, it's a really, really strong educational point there for people. If you can be preventative of everything you can do, I know myself, I, you know, I try and get a massage once a month and I see a chiropractor and get adjusted once a month because I know it's great, you know, and really touched wood over the last seven years since being in the gym. And training for Ironmans and marathons and, and things like that I haven't really had any major injuries because I think preventative is so much better yeah that's
2: all based on effort as well Cam usually if you push yourself a little bit harder sometimes things might pop up so we'll yeah. look at that for you yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Ste- steady steady state calculated Cam will yeah. call it yeah. you can't hurt
2: yourself in aerobic yeah, yeah.
0: yeah definitely just just trying um, to drop that body fat down
2: <laughs> Look, yeah. I, did, I want to uh, touch
0: on that just before I just cut Ado off again. Yeah. Um, mate, obviously, a couple of years ago, uh, you did an Ironman yourself. Yep. Um, so, obviously, running your own business, having, um, you know, a young family. You've got three now, yep. three kids, lovely wife. Um, you Thanks. know, how how did you, I suppose, get the, the training in for the Ironman and then how did you like, get all that sorted for your family life, your business life, you know, and your own training? And obviously, you did it with your brother there. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, no, it was a juggle. And, and I found that the most difficult part of doing something like that was scheduling my week to allow me time to fit training in, still meet my requirements with work Still be at home and and part of you know an active part of the family and and not place too much burden on uh, Teague and my wife. So, you know, I'd sit down on a Sunday night, look at my diary, have a look where there were openings in my week, um, and a lot of that training was done. At ridiculous hours of the morning, you know, getting to the gym and jumping on a spin bike at, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, or on a, or doing similar, you know, at eight thirty once the kids were in bed. So, it was for me, it was all about plan. And I do like a little bit of routine and and regiment to to my week. Um, and if I didn't do that, there was no way that I could ever achieve something like that. Um, and you know, you also got to have an understanding home front as well. You know, my wife was very understanding and I told her from, you know, word go that it would slowly build to the point of where I was doing X amount of hours, would need to do X amount of hours per week and and, and she allowed me to do that which, you know, makes life so much more easier. So, um, yeah, it, it all boils down to, to scheduling it and routine and otherwise you wouldn't fit it in.
0: Yeah, nice. And what was it like, you know, Doing the race on the day, obviously, you know, I an mean, Man goes all day. It's an all-day event. Your whole family was there. You are racing your brother at the time. Yeah. Um, I think he took a shortcut and, and missed a couple of Ks on the yeah. bike to, to get in front of yeah. you. But, he uh, went
1: in down before he even got out of transition, so that slowed me down by like <laughs> yeah. 31 minutes, and he beat me by 30.
2: Yeah, so, yeah
0: okay. So. Uh,
1: yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. It was uh, – I've never been a, uh, a fast – person in any sport at all, but I I love that um sort of chip away approach to to exercise and um, you know, to do something for twelve hours, the the challenge on the day, you know, it was I sort of went in with the approach that it was all going to be an enjoyment for me and I'd done all the hard work before it. And then to have family members doing it as well as supporting plus friends up there as well. It was, it was unreal and the hype around an event like that is massive. So that, that adds to the excitement and, you know, times where you might be lacking a bit of energy and motivation, you can, uh, you can drag a bit of it out of the, uh, the people there watching.
0: Yeah. yeah nice. It was, uh, it, was
2: a, it was it was a sticky day that day. That's for sure. I think for a lot of people out on the course. Um, now, I was obviously, that was what, two years ago? You did the first year Ironman last year yeah, or the year yeah. before? Yeah, two uh, years. 2018, so two years yeah. ago, yeah. Cool. So you had a year off last year and then you were in training for this year. You are going to knock out the, the 70.3 with a few mates this year. Yep. And now something popped up, obviously. What was it? I don't know. I'm not, not sure. Oh,
1: we think, had a family t- We had a family dinner that night, didn't we?
2: Yeah, yeah, so we decided not to do it, but obviously plans have been changed, but not only plans for your training schedule, which you had to make sacrifices, not only, as you said, for family, for work, but now um, things have changed massively, and obviously five years into business, you've had to close the doors um, indefinitely with with unknown circumstances into how long you're going to have to close the doors for. Yeah. run us through what was going through your mind sort of uh three or four weeks ago when when things weren't quite as serious as they were but there was there was talk about what could happen to all small business owners especially with um health professionals like yourself
1: yeah i had i had two major concerns with the potential threat of having to shut down one um was the financial impact that it was going to have on, on my family. Uh, so my wife has just returned from maternity leave, so she's only work, She's a teacher, so she only, was only doing a couple of days a week. Um, so for me, that was going to have a massive effect if I was unable to work. But the other major thing for me was not being available for my clients. So to not be able to to get them in to see them when they need it And not even to be then able to refer them on to someone else in the same industry, is yeah, it's a it's a pretty uh, daunting, or you know, a major issue that people, if they have niggles or ailments that or in pain, they can't get those seen to. So for me, it was that I wasn't able to, uh, you know, meet the needs of my clients and sort of leave them out on a limb a little bit. Um, You know, you can you can suggest that they seek other Natural therapy treatment, but a lot of people have their desired treatment approach and everyone responds differently. So, um, mm. yeah, those were the two major things for me I'm looking yeah. at what was potentially going to happen.
0: How's the feedback been from your clients, Luke? Obviously, forced closure. Obviously, I just want to make that clear. It wasn't closure because of the business, it was forced closure from the government COVID 19, same as the gym. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys are about a week later than, than yeah. that. Um, how how's the response been from you know your clients because obviously a massage service is face-to-face there's nothing you can do yeah. about it. you can't really do a great massage like a reiki massage over yeah. skype or or zoom or virtual kind of thing like that so yeah
1: yeah it, it's been excellent my clients are, are very understanding and the beauty of living in a town like Maitland is it doesn't take long for you to, to know your client base really well. And, okay, go. go. Um, Just a kid
0: in the background there.
1: Yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, one of three. One of three. Um, I've lost my train of thought.
0: Talking about the clients and the community.
1: Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. So they've been excellent. They've been really good um and and I was upfront with them the couple of weeks leading up to the actual closure when it was looking like it was going to happen I contacted a lot of my regular clients and spoke to clients as they're in for their their appointments and just said look this is the chance of what it's what's going to happen you know and I continued to book people in as per normal and and was just going to keep them in the loop so but that's it that's the unfortunate nature of what I do is not only are you in that Meter and a half exclusion zone that we've now been um, handed out, but it's physical contact. It's you know, you, you, massage is touching people, and um, it, it got to the point where yeah, the, the government deemed it being unsafe, and and the whole industry uh, shut down.
0: Mm-hmm. I just want to want to touch on that because obviously the kids are in the background. Um, at Actually, the can I go get
1: one out of their cot? Yeah, hundred <laughs> we'll, percent.
0: We'll spin a yarn. <laughs> we'll spin a yarn. Um, so it's an interesting fact of you know, I want to talk to it, Ada, because you know obviously we don't yeah. have kids, right? Is is you know what's the the impact that having kids at home right now? Like literally, COVID nineteen comes in. The kids have the option to, to go at home or stay, at, you know, to go to school or stay at home. And, you know, now all of a sudden these parents have to, you know, homeschool these kids. You know, some are still working, so, so those essential workers have still got to go to work, so they can still do that. But then the impact of, you know, people trying to work from home, but then also homeschool their own kids. And yeah. it's, they didn't, you know, the, I suppose the schools didn't really have an online version of coaching or, or teaching.
2: Exactly. And I think like, and you hit the nail on the head there, Cam, this morning, you know, I was with clients and they're like, you know, how are you going? How, how's things? I'm like, mate, I'm lucky. I was like, I have to worry about myself and, and my partner, obviously, damn. And, you know, we need to make sure that we survive and get by and, and we have to worry about ourselves with, with no one below the age of 25, you know, and I wouldn't be able to even, Understand or contemplate what it would be like, not only having to figure out my business, our finances, things we need to do to get set up and be able to be secure, but at the same time, as manage three kids that don't really know what's going on. You know.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Luke, just as you walked away, I saw you touching on that point of us and the question of, you know, what's the impact been on on your family that, you know, now that your business is closed, but you have to be, you know, a, a dad, stay at home yeah. dad, who actually has to. You know, teach your kids because their kids can't go to school. You know, what's your experience been like, and how have you dealt with it? And, and any any other tips for, for that you've spoken to other friends that, that have to do this situation too?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a big adjustment. It's uh, but in saying that, at the moment, the novelty. The novelty is there. It's, it is enjoyable. You know, with my hours when I am open, I might be lucky to see the kids for 40 minutes of a morning and then similar again of an evening before they go to bed. So looking at the positives, taking out everything that's going on, you know, I've found that it's been great that I can spend more time with, with Tegan and the kids. Um, and it, it's nice to be able to sit down and, and do schoolwork with my eldest, um, and be part of that learning process, um, but it, it is difficult, and it's it's difficult to get across to kids the importance of you know the not the importance, but the fact that they can't go out on the on out the front. We live in a cul de sac where you know some afternoons there can be fifteen kids riding bikes and scooters and kicking soccer balls and stuff like that. So it's really hard to get that across to kids that they can no longer do that, and the reason why. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very foreign to, to a lot of people. So, And I think
0: it's good that you have that approach of, you know, the positive side is spending more quality time, you know, with the kids, they're young, you know, some are yeah. at school, some are, you know, just waking up from a little nap, as I can see here on the video. Um, <laughs> well, and spending that good time with yeah. them is, is crucial. It's like, well, okay, it's a negative that they can't go to school. It's a negative we're in this situation that we can't go and see, you know, friends and family. Yeah. Um, you know, but I get to spend good quality time with them. I think the learning yeah. experience that kids can have, like outside of that, you know, I've been outside yeah. and you know I've seen families with the little ones, you know, skateboarding down along the beachfront, or you know, yeah. a dad was out there taking his two young ones learning to surf. You know, they're taking yeah. that time right now to do that. So there's so yeah. many other positives that people can look at, but obviously it would be stressful uh, being yeah. a parent who having to, you know, try and work and, um, you know, homeschool.
1: And that's it. And I found, for for Tegan and I, it's allowed us to to enjoy the simpler things. I think, mm. um, you know, the fact that you are restricted to stay at home unless you do need to go out for something, you know, just the basic little things that you might normally put aside because you know you're too tired or or you don't have time to do it, is uh, you know, they those things then become a priority, and you know, things like. Yesterday with the kids, you know, we build a garden bed out the back and then over the next couple of days we'll put dirt in it, plant some things, and then they get to watch all that sort of unfold, you know, their hard work, I suppose, come to fruition. So just little things like that you you sort of got to use as as positives and, um, yeah, it's it's just part of it, I
0: suppose. But that's also great teachings, right? It's life learnings, you know, how to make a veggie patch, you know? Yep. Let's plant, let's, you know, build the bed, plant the seeds, yep. watch it grow, look after yep. it, water it. You know, they're yep. skills that you learn. You don't learn those things at, at school. Whereas yep. I think, you know, parents need to think outside that box of, okay, cool. Well, what can we teach our kids that we used to do? You know, maybe yep. they maybe they make at home bread or they learn yep. how to make a bread or they learn how to do something like that yep. um, that essentially isn't in the curriculum but it's in the curriculum of life instead of school.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, even little things like um, the kids, normally if Tegan and I would exercise, it's either at the gym or it's on a bike or at a pool, whereas now because we're confined to home, you know, the kids as a game created signs and, you know, opened their own gym out in the back and you know, we get out there for 40 minutes of a day and make an obstacle course for the kids and, you know, they're going down slippery dips and bouncing on trampolines and things like that, dodging around markers, hats and... And you know not only are they using that sort of um, uh, imagination to create something like that, but then they get the the uh, the the health and the fitness side, not that they need to be fit, but you know the health benefits of of them playing the game that they've created in their mind. so mm.
2: yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I know that you're sort of a bit constrained for time because you got the oldest one needs to jump on a on a class call uh online class call. I, yeah. I wish we had them as kids um, but if you you know out there people are probably starting to deal on a few clients of mine are starting to get that little bit of a niggle that might pop up because they haven't had an appointment for a few weeks or you know it could be another six to 12 weeks who knows what what tips could you give in in helping people keep some form of um Of shape in their body and and in in regards to, yeah, keeping away from as much injury as possible or preventing their injuries um, that might arise. The big thing that I've, I've told my clients is they've got to try and remain
1: active, you know, and it's not so much from an exercise point of view, but they've got to try and counteract this sort of sedentary lifestyle that we've been forced to start to take Um, you know, where people could go for a walk down the mall and grab a coffee and things like that. They're no longer allowed to do that. They can drive to get their coffee and then drive home and then they're confined to their house. So they've got to try and keep active, you know, and that can be done through mowing the lawn and and doing basic around-the-house jobs. You know, get in the garden and do different things like that, Um, basic body weight exercises, um, sort of simulating different exercises that they would normally do at the gym with resistance. They can now do it just using their body weight or with items around the house um, and a regular stretch routine. And that can be a combination of dynamic exercises and movements, some static stretching, the use of a foam roller, like your TheraBands or your elastic bands. And and like you would normally set aside your, your hour or so of a day to go to the gym or do something like that um you know set the same time aside to to sit down and have a stretch out you know while you're watching your tv show of night time if you can't do it through the day and uh and prioritize it and while ever you're keeping active and 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 activating those muscles and keeping the joints moving you do eliminate sorry you minimize the chance of uh of those injuries coming from uh, from not moving Guys,
0: I just want to paint the picture here. Obviously, we're doing this via Skype, but uh, Luke's holding his youngest one. He's um, just waking up after a nap. He's yeah. trying to talk and, and concentrate on what he's actually saying, and the little one's grabbing his ear, pulling the headphones, <laughs> and he's doing this all while doing the podcast. So, mate, well done. Just a dad, just a dad being a dad.
1: <laughs> just, another day, just another day in the office mate yeah that's it look <laughs> so
0: if people want to reach out to you where's the best way to to find you uh, communicate especially if they do have some sort of you know issue they've got going on are you available via call or anything like that at the moment yeah to, to sure, maybe...
1: for sure and that's what i've told my clients even though i'm closed at the moment i'm more than happy to to still field phone calls and text messages um to discuss what they might be suffering from at the moment and give them home remedies of how they can possibly treat it themselves. Um, so I have a Facebook page, Cunningham Muscle Therapy, and then I also have can be contacted uh, via my mobile on 423 507 866. 866.
0: That's it. So if anyone wants to prank call him and call him at three am, he's yeah. he's available. If you got an issue with a back or something yeah. like that,
1: they would have got it off my Facebook page anyway. Yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: Luke, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for being a great Thank dad. You. Thanks, guys. Good See luck at dinner, Ada.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh no, you won't three three actually. Time. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Not, You'll have kids, boy, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Awesome. Peace out, guys. You're thanks very right. much. Alright, catches. Till next
0: time. Bye.